0: Episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. If you've been counting episodes consecutively, you know what we're doing today. That's right, people. It's time for Beyond the News. This is the 7th episode since the last Beyond the News episode. And for new listeners, since there's new listeners every day, for new listeners every 7 episodes, we have guests, we have lectures, but on the 7th episode since the last 7th episode, we do something called Beyond the News where we cover Earth's news feed, all the strange, unusual Weird, wacky, wild, out there, whatever, from mainstream sources, we cover that. And some of these sources, yes, they're on the fringe of mainstream, but this isn't anything that isn't verifiable, whatever that means anymore. So that's what we're doing this week. Yes, people, beyond the news, I love it. I get to take a break, in a sense, I get to hang out with you casually as we discuss all of the various shifts and changes that have happened in the last uh well seven weeks and with me as always for these beyond the news episodes is my guest co-host Bryn Anderson of Vinyl Force Herbs. Hello Bryn. Hey hey, how's it going? Hey hey, hey. <laughs> We're back. With beyond the news,:
1: Yes, we are. I should have said, "Hey, seven times."
0: Would I have said it eight times? I don't know. I don't but know. <laughs> let's not find out. So yes, beyond the news, we're back. A lot of things have been going on in the world since the last time we uh, covered these things. A lot of UFO phenomenon, aliens going even more mainstream. Whoa, big changes, people, big changes. And we're gonna talk about that. Are you ready to talk about it in just a second, Bryn? I'm ready. You're ready now? You're gonna be ready, ready in a right second. Now. Okay, no, we're well, gonna have to wait. Okay. Because I need you, Bryn, and everyone listening to do this for me. Go to patreon.com slash midnight on earth. Become a patron of this podcast. I need you to do this. If you go there, you can see that we have various tiers of support. Pick a tier of support that you can process that's able to be a part of your life. I need your help. I need your direct support. The messages that these guests have The information that I'm trying to get out there to the world that I am getting out there to the world, because let me tell you, people, we're up to 160 countries of coverage now. Very excited about that, but we need to do more. We need to do better. There has to be millions and millions and millions of people listening to the show because the information encoded into the show from the guests from the things that we talk about, that we unlock in the moment, that's going to help people evolve. It's going to help humanity do better. So by supporting this podcast, you're supporting that greater mission. Go to patreon.com slash midnight on earth. Again, find a tier, support me, support this, support us. And we'll make this message get out there even farther. You can help manifest this next thing even more. And after that, you most likely you're still going to be on your computer. So after that, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow me there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts, click the button that connects us. So, you know exactly what is going on now. I know there are some listeners that only come for beyond the news. Fine. I love you. It's fine. You're here. You love me. You love news. You're like me. You love information. So you get the notification, When we do the beyond the news episodes, you get the notification when we have world-class guests or whatever we do and tell a friend, tell someone that, you know, that loves these type of podcasts that would love to gain from this information. You know, those people they're in your life, they're in your work scenario or family life, wherever they show up, you know, these people, you know, their frequency, you know, my frequency match it up for me. Tell them. MidnightonEarth.com. Okay, Patreon, social media shout out out of the way. And now we're going to talk about these news stories. My God. And I don't even really know where to begin this week. There's so much going on. This is going to be a strange episode. There's going to be a lot of focus on this recent surge of extraterrestrial activity in the mainstream consciousness, but we're also going to talk about other things. Some of those things are going to shock you. Some of those things are going to make you laugh. Some of them might make you vomit. Hopefully you're somewhere where you can do those things, whatever, wherever your reaction happens to fall. <laughs> do people it,
1: need to carry like one of those little airline bags? With yes. I mean, while
0: while don't know. listening. Yes. Uh, perhaps, uh, there could be a need but i feel like with everything that's going on in the world all of us listening we're all very strong people we can hold it together we can laugh the absurdity and the shockingness of the various activities happening on this planet so wow okay so Brian, how are you feeling how are you doing
1: i'm doing great jake i'm a Ready to laugh, ready to cry, ready to, uh, I'm not ready to vomit. So hopefully uh, I'll be able to stomach what you're about to tell us.
0: Okay, cool. What about your life? Like, <laughs> I mean.
1: My life's great. I'm uh, working on Vital Force Herbs. I've been enjoying some wintry weather. I'm doing really well.
0: Fantastic, people. we got a Bryn Anderson, Herbs.com update. So, all right. Well, look, she's a woman of few words, but she's. A lot of help to me and boy, does she laugh at me or with me? I'm not sure yet. Okay. So let's just go to the first story. So this is going to be really wild. I didn't know how to start this thing, but you know, we got to start off lights because we're going to be taking a lot of twists and turns. So why not start off easy, right? So this is from CNN.com. Headline, Mars Wrigley fined after two workers fell into a tank of chocolate. This is very Wonka-esque, you could say. And here's the article. U.S. regulators have fined Mars Wrigley, the maker of Snickers and Skittles, after two workers fell into a tank of chocolate at its Pennsylvania factory last June. The occupational safety and Health Administration fined the confectionery and chewing gum maker $14,500 for the incident, which it described as serious in a report. Employees of an outside employer, IK Stoltzfis Service Corp., clean tanks, including the Dove Chocolate Batch 20 micron tank owned by the on-site host employer, Mars Wrigley, the report said. Mars Wrigley failed to provide the contractors with adequate safety training, the document added. According to Live, a local news site, firefighters rescued the workers by drilling a hole in the bottom of the tank and pulling them out. The chocolate was about waist high, it reported. Oh, my God. And lastly, the safety of our associates and outside contractors are a top priority for our business. A spokesperson for Mars Wrigley said in a statement, As always, we appreciate Ocean's collaborative approach to working with us to conduct the after-action review. The sweet chocolatey after-action review. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, okay, cool. So that's how we're starting uh Beyond the News. Chocolaty little confectiony.
1: I would have liked to see the video for that.
0: You know, I don't know if I would because then it starts to make you nervous about all kinds of packaged and processed foods. And then pretty soon you're just eating out of your own garden. Uh, sounds terrible, eh?
1: <laughs> no, no, actually not at
0: all. <laughs> Any time
1: I wonder why something's tasting a little off, I'm going to wonder like, oh wait, was somebody in
0: that Was that a shoe prints? Was that shoe flavoring Right, shoe flavor crystals? So, okay. Next story. This is from smh.com.au, the Sydney morning Herald, Australia. And this is the headline. New Zealand authorities find half a billion dollars worth of cocaine in the ocean. Turns out it was the octopus family stash. And the sub headline is New Zealand authorities have found 3.2 tons of cocaine with the drugs believed to have been destined for Australia. My God, you Aussies, do you really need that much Coke? You party animals. Okay. And actually people just to let you know, I'm joking. I hate cocaine. It's a blood drug. It's poison. It's black magic in every possible way. Don't ever touch it. So here's the story. The discovery of 81 bales of cocaine will land a major financial blow to the illegal drug market, the police commissioner says. New Zealand authorities have intercepted more than three tons of cocaine floating in the Pacific Ocean, the largest find by some margin. A media conference was held at police national headquarters detailing the bust. Operation Hydros, a joint mission by police, customs, and the defense force, seized 81 bales of the drug, totaling 3.2 tons, with an estimated strength value of half a billion dollars. The shipment is destined for destruction, uh huh, having since made the six day journey back to New Zealand aboard the Royal New Zealand Navy vessel Manawanui. Police Commissioner Andrew Coster said given the large size of the shipment, it would have been likely destined for the Australian markets. There was enough cocaine to service the Australian market for one year or the New Zealand market for 30 years, he said. (laughs) One year, Australia, 3.2 tons? Again, you wow, you ravaging animals. What are you doing there? I have thousands of listeners in Australia. My Australian listeners, my Australian friends. What's going on over there, guys? Like you need that much. Look, is it boring? What's going on? There has to be other things. I know it's somewhat oppressive over there currently. Is this an escape mechanism? Look, guys, let me just say this again. My Australian spiritual family, my life being Australian family, My Aussies, stay away from cocaine. It's the evilest thing you could possibly imagine on every possible level. It's truly snorting black magic. You want to snort black magic? Go snort cocaine. Don't snort cocaine. That was sarcastic. Don't snort cocaine. That's real. Next story. (laughs) It's funny because it ties in. Reuters.com, kind of. Headline. Ecuador turns significant amount of seized cocaine into concretes. My God.
1: I knew there was something useful for that.
0: (laughs) Now you're going to have people chiseling the side of buildings. You want to talk about a rock? (laughs) my God. It's the whole building. Okay. So here we go. Article. Huge quantities of seized drugs in Ecuador are presenting the Andean country with an unlikely new construction material. Cocaine under president guermo lasso a conservative ex banker ecuador has ramped up efforts to fight gangs who use the country as a transit point for shipping cocaine to the united states and europe and australia it seems the amount of drugs seized in ecuador almost doubled in 2021 versus the previous Year to more than 210 tons, mostly cocaine, according to the country's police. My God, if three tons can cover Australia for one year, well, this is about 10 years worth of cocaine for the country of Australia for using that as a metric. Though seizures in 2022 dropped slightly, they remained high. How high? And quantities exceeded the available space at 27 police warehouses where the drug is kept before being destroyed, officials said. The record amounts also exceeded the capacity of the ovens normally used for incineration. Edmundo Mira, undersecretary for drug control at Ecuador's Interior Ministry, told Reuters. Now the country is using some of the excess cocaine in construction materials using the so-called encapsulation method with support from the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime Ecuador pulverizes seized bricks of cocaine in industrial machines with other refuse at a waste disposal plant before mixing the resulting fine powder with cement, sand and water to create platforms. Wow. Okay. You know, Hey, you never know. I've heard there are several ancient cultures that exclusively used cocaine to make all of their structures. Do you know about them? Bryn?
1: I don't, but I was thinking it sounds like a really great recycling program.
0: Uh, that wasn't real. I was just joking. <laughs> I figured. Okay. Let's go to the next story. <laughs> CNN.com headline residential care facility. Faces $10,000 fine after Iowa funeral director finds woman pronounced dead, gasping for air in body bag. My God! Whoops! They're like, oh, I just, <laughs>
1: you I looked dead. I mean,
0: <laughs> uh, here is the article: An Iowa Alzheimer's care facility is facing a $10,000 fine after pronouncing a woman dead who is later found alive when a funeral director unzipped her body bag. According to documents from the Iowa department of inspections and appeals, the 66 year old woman who has not been identified was admitted to the Glen Oaks Alzheimer's special care center facility in Urbandale, Iowa on December 20th due to, senile degeneration of the brain. According to the documents, she was admitted to the hospice on December 28th on January 3rd. According to the report at 6am, her mouth was open. Her eyes were fixed and there were no breath sounds. The nurse was unable to locate her pulse and she noted no breathing movements in the abdomen at approximately 826 AM nearly three hours later Funeral home staff unzipped the bag and observed her chest moving as she gasped for air. The funeral home then called nine one one and hospice. Oof. So you gotta be careful. Just really make sure, you know, it's like, if they're already dead, it's not going to be a big deal. If you start poking her in the ribs, you know, or in the stomach, to really just kind of see if there's some muscle movement there, slap her in the face a few times. Uh,
1: you know, just double check.
0: Just water. Check. Why are you going to pour water? water She's not going good. to say anything. She's going to be dead. Just slap her in the face a few times. Just say, "Come on, are you alive? Are you alive?" Eventually, you'll know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe they were hoping she wasn't for some reason. I don't they just know. thought, "Let's just they zip did. her up now." You know, you know, she was the
0: hardest one to clean. Okay, so this is vice.com. Headline. Futuristic body armor could be based on this weird mushroom, study finds. Whoa. The sub-headline is the overlooked fungus has incredible properties that can be used to develop strong ultralight materials. Here's the article. The flimsy mushrooms served atop your burger or the delicate bouncy mushroom caps adorning logs in the forest are not known for their strength or tough exteriors. But their fungal distant cousin, Fomes Fomentarius, may just hold the keys to producing new materials that could replace today's plastic, according to new research. I've actually heard about this. Mushroom plastic. This is coming. They're going to replace oil plastic, and chemical plastic, with mushroom plastic. This horse-hoof-shaped fungi can be found on continents around the world and gloms on the damaged bark of trees as a pathogen responsible for diseases like white rot. F. fomentarius has long been used as a source of tinder and even plant-based leather, But now a team of researchers from Finland have found that this resilient fungi can offer a path toward bio-derived plastics that mimic its structure. Ooh, mushroom plastic. Brynn, what do you think? It's not psychedelic. It's just a (laughs) sustainable, very easy to replicate material source.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be great. Hopefully they don't make it plastic by mixing mushrooms with a bunch of plastic like call it mushroom plastic
0: like a hybrid product it's like yeah. half oil half mushroom
1: right or at least i mean i suppose there could be a bridge time but eventually hopefully it would be
0: all mushrooms know. but and still other- interesting right yeah
1: oh very interesting absolutely
0: okay so here's the next article this is from the jerusalem post headline mermaid mummy worshipped in Japan found to be a doll with fish parts. So this is kind of I a big deal. What does that even mean? It's kind of a big deal because, well, you're going to find out. Here's the article. A creature resembling a mummified mermaid, which has been worshipped by Japanese people for decades, has been analyzed and proven to be a doll with fish parts attached to it. The mermaid was housed in the Injun Temple in Asakuchi for the last 40 years. It was believed to have been captured in the Pacific Ocean sometime between 1736 and 1741. Radioactive dating now leads scientists to believe it was constructed in the late 1800s. Kurashiki University of Science and the Arts investigated the mummy using a CT scanner. Similar mummies have been found across Japan, and they are thought to have been created during the Edo period. Based on our analysis and the history of mummy creation in Japan, we could only conclude that the mermaid mummy was probably man-made. Takafumi Kato, a paleontologist working on the project, told Vice World News. The 12 inch statue was made from paper, cloth, cotton, and fish parts. Okay, shit. Well, you know, you just can't believe this. It's kind of like the Shroud of Turin or the Weeping Statues. You just don't know. You can't just assume that it is because there's some phenomenon. And also, just because tradition says it is that thing, could just be, you know, some fish parts and a doll. So we did report on this a little bit ago, several Beyond the News episodes ago, about the Beyond Meat COO. He attacked somebody. He was craving meat, perhaps. I don't want to speculate, but something was happening. And he attacked somebody at a football game. So now he pleads guilty. So this is from lawandcrime.com. Here is the headline. X beyond meat COO pleads guilty to felony after taking a bite out of stranger's nose in uncontrollable rage following football game. So it wasn't a beyond nose. It was actually a real nose and he was craving something primal beyond burgers. They're disgusting. I think in my opinion, I've eaten them. It always makes my body feel weird. Kind of hits that childhood programming of eating American hamburgers, cheeseburgers. I haven't eaten those. I don't eat beef. I haven't eaten those in a really, really, really long time, but then it makes your body feel weird. Anyways, in my opinion, here's the article. The former chief operating officer at a plant-based meat company who was arrested in September 2022 for taking a bite out of a stranger's nose after a college football game has pleaded guilty to two charges resulting in no jail time. Doug Ramsey, the ex-COO at Beyond Meat Incorporated, pleaded guilty in an Arkansas courtroom Tuesday to felony criminal mischief and misdemeanor disorderly conduct, law and crime confirmed. As a result of the plea, however, Ramsey will not spend time behind bars. Instead, Ramsey must serve three years of probation, perform 160 hours of community service, and pay a $1,000 fine. And he has to eat a real burger! No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't have to do that. That just seems like that would be the punishment, obviously, craving animal meats. I don't eat animal meat, personally. I've been eating fish lately, but he was a hungry man. Hungry, hungry What man. if he
1: was testing out, like, different, like, tastes for the Beyond Burger? Like, you know, like, I don't know, see if he could taste that and then simulate it in the factory. You just want to add I that to know. his I don't taste
0: palate, so I don't know. But look, there's something else that happened that was really bad. That happened since the last time we did a Beyond the News episode. And that is the Ohio train derailment. Now, I know that I have listeners in East Palestine. I know that I have listeners in Ohio. And I'm very concerned. I would recommend, if you can, to leave that area. Move out of Ohio. Move out of East Palestine if you can. If you have to be there my God, do everything you can to shield yourself in every possible way. Research that. But I know people that are out there listening, my listeners in East Palestine, I love you. I wish you the best. I'm so sorry this train derailment happened. So sorry it was full of vinyl chloride that suspiciously tipped over right where the main watershed goes into the local groundwater supply where it happened to temperate right there. Very, all very strange, and it happened to release toxic fumes and chemicals into the air spanning a several hundred mile radius. And instead of vacuuming it up with a hazmat team, they chose to burn it, the absolute worst possible thing you could do because it poisons the soil, it poisons the groundwater, it poisons the air, and it spreads, the particulate spread. There's reports of, Particulates falling in Ontario, Canada, New York. It's everywhere. What is going on? What is going on in the beautiful country of America that we have to deal with these things? This level of insanity. But here's the headline. This is from NBCPhiladelphia.com. And I'm going to read this. And I don't believe this. But I just want you to hear what they're telling you. This this lie. Headline. Worried residents near Ohio train derailment report dead fish and chickens as authorities say it's safe to return as demons. But here's the article. For days, authorities have been telling residents that the area around East Palestine, Ohio, is safe to return to and that they can go home after a 150-car train carrying hazardous chemicals derailed February 3rd. The Ohio Department of Natural Resources said the chemical spill resulting from the derailment has killed an estimated 3,500 small fish across seven and a half miles of streams as of Wednesday. And one resident of North Lima, more than 10 miles from East Palestine, told the news of Youngstown that her five hens and rooster died suddenly Tuesday. The day before rail operator Norfolk Southern had burned train cars carrying vinyl chloride, a flammable gas to prevent an explosion. Those insane demons. Look, they did it on purpose. I think that's my opinion. That's my speculation. Why the purpose? I don't know, but something is going on and they sent no help in the United States of America it took three weeks for any government official to even visit that area, the Chernobyl of America. And it takes three weeks and they send the fifth string guy, Pete Buttigieg. I don't do politics on the show, but when you start killing people on purpose, that's going to activate me in a different way. And you're going to start hearing some things when the killing starts when the poisoning starts that's when i get pissed
1: it's so devastating i get, polyvinyl chloride is so incredibly toxic and the other chemicals that they found there too like i don't i can't even imagine in with all the technology all the cleanup all the osha rules all the everything like that they're like oh yeah we're going to burn this in and, and send it up in the air where it can't be controlled it can't be contained like it's so it's just mind boggling to me. And I'm so sorry for all of you in that area and all of us really. I mean, it's blowing everywhere, I'm sure.
0: Yes, it is devastating. And our prayers go out to the people of East Palestine and also the people of that whole 300 mile radius. And my the God.
1: animals and the trees and the streams and the rivers and the farmlands and the birds, the
0: earth. My God, that yeah. section of the pure earth has now been devastated by human evil. Not our evil, our spiritual good people that listen to this show, but our fellow humans making bad choices. But let's pivot to some good choices, okay? (laughs) Because I just had to get that off my chest, but now I want to talk about something else. So this is from KyotoNews.net. That's from Japan. And here is the headline. Research begins to generate electricity from snow... In Japan, that's right, electricity from snow. And Here's the article. Research has started in a northeastern Japanese city to generate electricity from unwanted snow with the aim of securing a renewable energy source to cover potential power shortages. The city of Aumori, which sees heavy snow every year, started a trial in a swimming pool at an abandoned elementary school in December to explore the feasibility of producing energy by utilizing the temperature difference between stored snow and the surrounding air. Interesting. In the joint project, local IT startup Forte company and the university of electro communications in Tokyo, are looking to power a turbine with energy produced when liquid cooled by stored snow is then vaporized by the heat of the surrounding air. Electricity generation using stored snow has recently drawn attention as an environmentally friendly, low cost and safe power source. (laughs) So, Hey, you know, that's just the thing about humans and inspiration. We can find energy anywhere and everywhere. There's so much energy in all of these different places in the universe, including at absolute zero. We're going to talk about that later, but right now, yes, we're going to get into the alien section of this beyond the news episode, because there's so much alien activity, aliens are going mainstream. Soccer moms around America are talking about aliens. It's everywhere. The mainstream media is priming general consciousness to accept the possibility of extraterrestrials being real. Now, of course, we've been fed this through time. Everyone knows that since the Roswell crash, if you're versed in these topics, You know that after the Roswell crash, we recovered a lot of technology, we integrated that into industry, and at the same time, we prepared the consciousness of humanity for this extraterrestrial energy by injecting these concepts into media. Books, television, movies, comic books, everywhere. Anywhere there was humans engaging with media, there was an uptick all of a sudden into these extraterrestrial realms. So now it's 60, 70 years later, and it seems it is time. It's inching closer. Something is shifting. Now, even if this turns out to be absolute BS, the byproduct of this experience is the fact that the average person is pondering and potentially accepting life existing past earth, meaning they're shifting their awareness to galactic consciousness or universal consciousness, you could say. Galactic realizing there's life in other galaxies, not just identifying as an earthling, not just identifying as a person from a region, a country, a city, a state, a province, wherever you're from, but also just saying, hey, I'm from this galaxy. Actually, in fact, I'm from this universe. It's cracking the cosmic egg a little bit. The collective consciousness is processing this new waveform of information, you could say, and we're expanding. You could feel it. It's very palpable. There's a shift in human consciousness. And that is the byproduct of it all. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's Project Bluebeam where they have holograms and fake three-dimensional projections to trick people into believing it. Or maybe it's the real deal. Or maybe it is just balloons. It doesn't necessarily matter per se because if the people that accept programming from the outside and adapt that to their reality programming coming from these mainstream sources, then they're starting to accept this information because they have to, and it's shifting their frequency. And I'm sure you've heard about these Chinese spy balloons and them getting shot down and all of that. I'm not going to talk about any of that because I'm so sick of it, but it did trigger a lot of thought again on extraterrestrials and extraterrestrial activity And here's our next article to start this segment on this. This is from deadline.com. Here's the headline. White House press secretary, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity behind aerial objects shot down by military. And here's the article. All three major news networks carried, a White House Daily Press briefing live, and for good reason. Administration officials were giving an update on the three aerial objects shot down by the U.S. military in recent days. At the start, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, mindful of intense speculation of just what the objects are, told reporters, There is no indication of aliens, of extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Some reporters laughed. I love the ET movie, she said, but I am just going to leave it there. John Kirby, coordinator for strategic communications for the National Security Council, did not identify what the objects were, saying that debris had not yet been recovered. As they were in remote areas. We don't know who owns them, he said. But he told reporters that President Joe Biden ordered the object shot down after it was determined that flying between 20,000 and 40,000 feet, they posed a potential threat to civilian aircraft. Kirby also said that even though it didn't appear that the objects were maneuvering or sending communication signals, officials could not rule out surveillance. He said that the objects were different from the Chinese spy balloon, which was shot down on February 4th after floating across the continental United States in that they were at a lower altitude. Kirby said that the administration is taking a closer scrutiny of unidentified aerial phenomenon and we are finally trying to understand them better. He also said that NORAD had recently been more closely scrutinizing airspace, something that may increase the number of objects detected. Okay, so they definitely didn't shoot down UFOs, right? So does that mean they actually did? It's always the opposite, right? But what about this one? This is from the TribuneIndia.com. Headline, U.S. fighter jet shoots down unidentified cylindrical object over Canada. Second instance in two days. So they're shooting down cylinders. These aren't balloons. And it's over Canada. I mean, what if the extraterrestrials chose to visit Canada because they heard that Canada's mellow and the people of Canada are very nice and sweet and chill? Canadian listeners, what do you think about that? And then what happens? Here comes the American big guns to shoot it down. Trudeau, did you okay this? What's going on here? And here's the article. A F 22 finer jet shot down in unidentified cylindrical object over Canada on Saturday. The second such instance in as many days as North America appeared on edge following a week long Chinese spying balloon saga that drew the global spotlight separately. The U S military also scrambled fighter jets in Montana to investigate a radar anomaly that triggered a brief federal closure of airspace. Those aircraft did not identify any object to correlate the radar hits, the North American Aerospace Defense Command NORAD said in a statement. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau first announced Saturday's shootdown over the northern Yukon Territory, saying Canadian forces would recover and analyze the wreckage. Canadian Defense Minister Anita Anand declined to speculate about the origin of the object, which she said was cylindrical in shape. She stopped short of calling it a balloon, but said it was smaller than the Chinese balloon shot down off South Carolina's coast a week ago, though similar in appearance. Aloft at 40,000 feet, it posed a risk to civilian air traffic and was shot down at 3.41 Eastern Standard Time. There's no reason to believe that the impact of the object in Canadian territory is of any public concern, a non a news conference. Wow. So now we're shooting down cylindrical UFOs over Canadian airspace. Bryn, what do you think about that?
1: I think it's all really weird. Multiple objects in multiple days, then they can't find anything. And then they're, the government's not commenting on any of it. It all seems really strange. So uh, I hear your piece about just putting that unidentified object into people's consciousness, but it also makes me wonder if they want everybody to look up while maybe they should be looking down or around. Uh, I mean, it could be a Major distraction. I'm not really sure, but it seems like the way it's being handled is is really odd. I know that you know the the first one that flew over Montana. The governor was like, they didn't say anything to me about it the whole time it was in Montana. Like I would have shot that thing down, and they just let it pass over. You know, so it's like I don't know. It's weird.
0: It's weird. That's all I can say. It's weird. It's very strange. You're right, and the world is getting stranger, and that's okay. I'm ready for it. I love it. <laughs> I love extraterrestrials. I already know about the Pleiadian consciousness and the various civilizations out there and the various different galaxies and clusters and all of the different extraterrestrials that are here on this planet now in physical form. There's so much going on. I've been versed in this for so long that I'm just ready. I'm ready because I know that when that happens, it's just one step closer to the new earth. So this one's from politico.com. And here is the headline. Spy agencies report hundreds more UFO sightings since 2021. Hundreds more. So here we go. And this is the article. National security agencies are studying hundreds of new reports of UFOs including many that appear to perform maneuvers that are highly advanced. The nation's top intelligence official reported on Thursday in total 510 unidentified aerial phenomena observed in protected airspace or near sensitive facilities have been compiled as of August of last year, according to the report to Congress from the director of national intelligence. Of those, 366 were gathered since a preliminary assessment was published in 2021, an increase attributed to a reduced stigma around reporting and a better understanding of the intelligence and safety threats that the phenomenon may pose. More than half of those new sightings, most of which came from Navy and Air Force pilots, exhibit unremarkable characteristics according to the report 26 were characterized as drones 163 were labeled balloons or balloon-like entities <laughs> <laughs>
1: Balloon-like entities. You know, that could be an alien race unto
0: itself. They could be, you know. Totally. They could be like, uh, you know, living gas. They could be like living gas, conscious gas that needs to be encapsulated in a balloon.
1: Right. So it's a balloon entity. Somebody write a
0: book about that. And six were described as clutter. That still leaves 171 (laughs) signings, however, some of which appear to have demonstrated unusual flight characteristics or performance capabilities the report says
1: i want to know what clutter is exactly
0: you know just clutter like in your just uh junk flying drawer. around yeah, just clutter like that, like,
1: at 40,000 feet sky, you know.
0: sky junk drawer
1: sky junk drawer okay
0: few other details were provided about these unidentified entities though the report noted that no u.s aircraft has ever collided with a ufo And observing them has caused no adverse health effects so far. Wow. Okay.
1: (laughs) It's not dangerous. It does not cause cancer to view aerial phenomena.
0: Ah. Okay. It's just so much more than it was 30 years ago. The talk, the mainstream talk. It's just, it's mind blowing to me as a person that's been following it for over 30 years. So here's another UFO article. This is from MSN.com headline special UFO task force is being set up after U S shot down three in three days. And here's the article. The white house has announced it is putting together a new UFO task force to study the potential security risks posed by new airborne objects detected in U S airspace. The new group, Created on orders from National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, cool name, will see experts from the Pentagon, the Federal Aviation Administration, the Department of Homeland Security, and other government agencies come together to analyze unidentified aerial phenomenon and determine whether they are a threat. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby on Monday said every element of the government will redouble their efforts to understand and mitigate these events. Adding the task force would examine the broader policy implications related to the detection and analysis of UFOs over mainland US broader policy. (laughs) Man, there's just so much energy moving around UFOs right now. The announcement came late on Monday, just one day after a U.S. Air Force F-16 fighter jet shot down a UFO over the Great Lakes, the third unidentified object to be downed in as many days. Wow, people. Wow. And then here's another one. Let's just go right to the next one because there's just so much. Let's just go right to the next one. It's a lot to process people, especially people that haven't been prepping mentally and spiritually for this for decades. If you're literally someone that thought it was complete science fiction and now have to engage with that reality, I couldn't even imagine what that's like. This next one is from the guardian.com headline. Spy balloon, UFO or Dragon Ball. Japan baffled by Iron Ball washed up on beach. Bryn and I are looking at a picture of the ball. Bryn, check out this ball.
1: Wow, well, it looks like a big metal ball. Metal metal ball. Rusty. I don't know. Could be a
0: party balloon. Could you know?
1: A, I'm not sure.
0: There could be baby Superman in there. Like the Superman stores a little baby in an alien capsule and oh, the farmers find him perhaps there's a little baby alien in there so here's the article police and residents in a japanese coastal town have been left baffled by a large iron ball that has washed up on a local beach with authorities admitting they have no idea what it is only that it isn't about to explode well that's nice The sphere, measuring about 1.5 meters in diameter, has been at the center of fevered speculation since it washed up on Enshu Beach in the city of Hamamatsu on the country's Pacific coast, local media reports said. Fears that it could be a stray mine were dismissed after experts used X ray technology to examine the object's interior and found that it was hollow. There are no indications either that it was involved in espionage by nearby North Korea or China. The presence of two raised handles on the sphere's surface. Indicating it can be hooked onto something else prompted a more prosaic explanation that it is a mooring buoy that had simply worked loose and floated off.
1: Oh, that's kind of boring. I but, know. You know. What if, uh, like the Superman story, like you know, inside of it, it's like something microscopic or gaseous. They thought
0: it was hollow until they opened it. It was some sort of deflecting shield to hide the alien child and the treasure. The sacred jewel. Or
1: or it's seeding the earth with some microscopic new uh, something or other. Or maybe it's just a buoy. I don't know. (laughs) Boo.
0: Okay, look. This is the alien episode. So we're going to do a couple more, maybe even three more. This is from AmericanMilitaryNews.com. Here's the headline. Air Force Vets testify that UFOs shut down 10 nukes and shot missile out of the sky. I've been hearing about this for years. This really happened. Now people are testifying about it. Here's the article. Two air force veterans say they have testified to the federal government about UFOs that allegedly shot a test missile out of the sky and suddenly disabled 10 nuclear warheads with no explanation. Robert Solis, a former ICBM launch officer, and Robert Jacobs, another former Air Force officer, have recounted those experiences from the 1960s to the government's new all-domain anomaly resolution office, the Daily Mail reported. That office was formed last year by the Department of Defense to investigate reports of anomalous unidentified space, airborne, submerged, and transmedium objects as described by a press release. Its creation followed a high-profile Pentagon report's disclosure of more than 140 times troops had spotted unidentified Aerial phenomenon that were never explained this year's annual military budget called for UAP reports to be investigated dating as far back as January 1st, 1945, which people, if you know this Roswell was 1947, this is pre Roswell. This is where they're going to announce. Wow. I'm not going to speculate, but I'm, they're going to let the information. There's so much going on. is evolving we're going to join our universal family. Now, AARO has reportedly heard testimony from Solace about an alleged 1967 incident in which 10 nuclear missiles were inexplicably disabled for several hours at Montana's Maelstrom air force base. After an unidentified object flew over the installation Pentagon officials previously said they had heard the story that had no official data on it as reported by the Daily Mail. Salas said his testimony finally came after five decades of wanting to tell the story to a government agency. It was a great big relief, he said. They were very magnanimous. They listened intently. I'm more confident now than I was going in that they're trying to make a sincere effort. Interesting. So, okay, look, yes, it's been long reported in the UFO community that during that time, the time that he's talking about that UFOs flew over a military base, which contained nuclear warheads and disabled them radioactively completely negated their explosive and radioactive components. Okay. And this is the last one, our little alien segment here, this is from newsweek.com. And here's the headline alien invasions. Congressman addresses speculation after UFOs shot down. Representative Jim Himes, a Connecticut Democrat, attempted to downplay concerns and talks of an alien invasion on Sunday in the wake of recent aerial objects being shot down by the United States. Himes represents Connecticut's 4th Congressional District and is the ranking member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. On Sunday, he appeared on NBC's Meet the Press where he was asked to weigh in on recent reports that two unidentified aerial objects were shot down over American and Canadian airspace. While the nature of these objects has not been officially confirmed, they have nonetheless sparked semi-serious concerns online about possible contact by aliens. Speaking with host Chuck Todd, Himes downplayed social media worries that the two shoot-downs were related to possible alien activity or other potential issues stressing the objects were spotted at altitudes that could endanger civilian aviation. So they keep saying there's a logic to what the Biden administration has done. The democratic lawmakers said the two shoot downs have occurred around objects that were a threat to civil aviation. Remember the initial Chinese balloon was at 50, 60,000 feet. That's not a threat. If you're at or below 40,000 feet, now you're in the travel zone for civilian aviation. So just message to all aliens out there. If you happen to be in the middle of our invisible road that we've just kind of placed right around the 40,000 feet mark, there's nothing really to delineate it. I, I can't really tell you how you're going to know. Hopefully you understand psychically I'm transmitting it to you guys across galaxies through some form of thought quantum entanglements. Perhaps that's happening. And Get the message here. Don't go 40,000 feet. They will literally kill you. Anywhere else? 50,000, 60,000, <laughs> you're, you're totally to fine.
1: <laughs> Stay away from 40,000 feet. <laughs> Notice how they also keep saying it's not... It's not UFOs but then every title is UFO. Exactly. It's like, softening it's the, they're softening. Thing. It's the yeah. softening
0: thing. Okay, so let's pivot away from that and let's go to abcnews.go.com. This is going to freak you out a little bit. Headline: Massachusetts legislator walks back bill to reduce sentences if inmates sign up for organ donation yes this really was an attempt they tried to do this but it was denied here's the article a massachusetts legislator said he's going to change a proposed bill that would have given state inmates reduced sentences if they signed up to donate an organ Following an outcry from several groups, yes, it's true, kidneys and other organs, they could reduce their prison sentences. It's it's the sickest, disgustingest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it's up there. It's definitely on the list. So let's continue. Last month, Democratic Representative Carlos Gonzalez co-introduced a bill that would establish an individual bone marrow and organ donation program for Massachusetts inmates. As part of the originally proposed program, eligible inmates would be able to reduce their sentences by as little as 60 days to as much as a year on the condition that the incarcerated individual has donated bone marrow or organs.
1: Has donated? Yes. Like they they already gave up a kidney. They gave up a kidney
0: and then they get their sentence reduced. Or that was the idea. Word of the bill's language set off a slew of criticism from prisoners' rights groups and advocates for organ donations who called the move a quid pro quo. The bill comes at a time when the country has seen a jump in organ donations. They tried people. They tried to pull some shit right there. And if you listen to what I just said and you caught it, you realize that it got blocked, but my God, they tried. What if think of that? Don't think of that, but think of how they tried. Think of that as an indicator where some of these politicians are at right now. And this is from mirror.co.uk. Headline, new plant-based salmon has muscle fibers and connective tissue, just like the real deal. I don't know, people. Here's the article. The hardest part about going plant-based is finding alternatives for foods you really love. While corn nuggets might replace chicken ones, other alternatives are harder to find. Plant-based diets are becoming increasingly popular as the market works to improve veggie offerings with more and more brands moving away from bean burgers in favor of meat imitations. Fish has been a tough one to mimic with most companies perfecting their meat alternatives first or opting for fish fingers alternatives. There are a few fake salmon fillets on the market already, but a new plant-based salmon alternative that apparently looks, cooks, and tastes like the real thing could be on the way. This salmon alternative was created in Toronto, Canada, and looks near identical to the real thing. Interestingly, it's all down to the science behind it. New School Foods website reads, We've recreated the structure of a salmon filet, including aligned muscle fibers, connective tissue, fats, and other components thanks to our proprietary muscle fiber and scaffolding technologies. Holy shit. Looks aren't everything as the salmon alternative is also high in protein and matches the same level of omega-3s found in wild salmon. The salmon alternative is not yet on the market and will be launched in North America later this year, but only in participating restaurants. So it could be some time before we see it on shelves around the world. Did they say what plant it was made out of? I was just going to ask, what exactly is it made out of? They didn't say. Maybe it's made out of mushroom plastic. Okay, this story is horrifying. I don't know why I'm telling you this story but it's just so weird and strange and it's just like mind blowing that I guess I have to include it. This is from news.com.au. This is horrifying. People prepare yourselves headline six dead, including baby after throats slashed by kite strings. Like what the hell happened here? Okay. Here's the article. Six people were horrifically sliced to death by glass-encrusted kite strings after a blood-drenched festival in India. What? Three children, including a baby, are among the dead after the day of celebration in Guajarat turned sinister, the Sun reports. The spectators' throats were sliced open by the razor-sharp strings used by kite fighters. At the annual Uttarayan festival, it's understood at least 11 people died during the festival after either plunging from buildings or being sliced by the strings. Huge crowds had gathered to watch the spectacle in the sky where participants battled to slice their opponent's cords. The mid-air tussle for triumph tragically saw two baby girls aged two and three and a boy seven bleed to death in front of their helpless parents. What the, what the, (laughs) this is insanity. Hundreds of participants positioned themselves on terraces and rooftops to send their kites soaring before chaos erupted. Revelers had used sharp strings to fly their colorful creations in the hopes of cutting off their competitors. Flying enthusiasts often make them so sharp that the strings are capable of shredding through human skin or even electric wires. The victims throats were gruesomely slit when the out of control cords became entangled around their necks. Oh my God. Traumatized onlookers watched on as the, unruly strings wrapped victims next at the annual kite flying festival. What the hell India?
1: What's going on over (laughs) there? I'm trying to figure out how exactly this even happened. And the whole purpose is for kites to cut other kite strings, but then somehow
0: that's wild. What are the aliens thinking about that? Let's just, I I, I just, uh, it's so beyond the news that I had to include that, 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 literally falls into the most truest beyond the news, just like this one. My God, this is just a weird string of articles here. CNN.com headline ballet director who smeared dog feces and critics face fired. Here's the article. The director of a leading German ballet company is being investigated by police and has been fired for smearing dog feces on a critic's face after taking offense to a review, she wrote. Oh, my God.
1: What an okay, first of all, the guy's holding dog feces. Like, let's start there.
0: Uh, <laughs> according to journalist Wiebke Huster, Marco Goki, the head of Hanover State Opera's Ballet Company, verbally attacked her during the intermission of a ballet premiere performance. The confrontation seems to have been spurred by a previous review that Huster had written. Huster said, wow, Goki rubbed the dong feces hard and most brutally into my face. Okay. Oh my God. (laughs) That was another like beyond the news, like Jesus Christ. Like, (laughs) holy cow. Okay, people. Aliens are like, "Mm, we're
1: gonna wait a little bit. I know they're just They're just not ready yet. They're just not quite ready for us yet.
0: Well, really, it's just all about the spectrum of the human experience. There's just so much going on. There's the highest highs, the lowest lows, and literally all points in between. Every possible frequency, bandwidth point, you could say, every number. There's something there. It's very strange. This one is also strange. New YorkPost.com. Headline Oscar Meyer Wiener Mobile falls victim to catalytic converter theft during Las Vegas. Stop. Yes, people stay out of Vegas if you have a Wiener Mobile. People are taking these catalytic converters, they're trading them for drugs. I don't know who's buying them. I guess it's scrap metal shops. Here's the article. Even one of the most noticeable vehicles in America was not immune to the uptick in catalytic converter thefts across the country this week. The iconic Oscar Mayer Mobile was hit by thieves at some point Thursday night while located in the parking lot of Sonesta Suites on Paradise Road in Las Vegas. They were on a tight schedule, so mechanics quickly patched it up and my God. And this is something that we've reported on before that we're just going to close off because we did mention this several episodes back, several beyond the news episodes back. This is from Reuters.com headline, former Colorado funeral homeowner sentenced to 20 years for selling body parts. Do you remember this Bryn, when they arrested her and she got charged?
1: Yeah. It turns out she was getting them from a Massachusetts prison, right? <laughs>
0: Um, here's the article: A former Colorado funeral home owner was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison on Tuesday for defrauding relatives of the dead by dissecting by dissecting 560 corpses and selling body parts without permission. I mean, wait a minute. Does that mean you could do it if you have permission? Okay. Megan Hess, 46, pleaded guilty to fraud in July. She operated a funeral home, Sunset Mesa, and a body parts entity, Donor Services, from the same building in Montrose, Colorado. Do you remember this now? I do remember it, yes. The 20-year term was the maximum allowed under law, so she got 20 years for that one. She
1: was just trying to be efficient.
0: She was trying to recycle, is really what was happening, but... You know, Turns out
1: you have to have permission. You got have permission first. <laughs> Which is hard because they're dead. So yeah, that's that's tricky.
0: So now we have a little bit of British royalty living here in America. My British listeners, you know that Prince Harry is here. This is from the chronic magazine.com. This is the headline. Prince Harry reveals the details of one of his trips while on Magic Mushrooms. And here's the article in his recently released autobiography Spare. Prince Harry recounts a strange and surreal experience while under the influence of psilocybin magic mushrooms, and also talks about his use of marijuana and cocaine. Prince Harry fifth in line for the British throne discussed in his recently published memoir, how he and some of his friends ate magic mushrooms to get high while at a party in California in 2016 when he was 31. Here's the quote. We spotted a huge box of black diamond mushroom chocolates. Someone behind me said they were for everyone. Help yourself, boys. My mate and I grabbed several, gobbled them, and washed them down with tequila, wrote the prince according to a translation of the book, which was released early by mistake in Spain. He recounts using the restroom when the effects of the mushrooms kicked in. Here's another quote. Beside the toilet was a round silver bin, the kind with a foot pedal to open the lid. I stared at the bin, it stared back, then it became a head. I stepped on the pedal and the head opened its mouth. A huge open grin. I laughed, turned away, took a piss. Now the loo became a head too. The bowl was its gaping maw. The hinges of the seat were its piercing silver eyes. It said, ah. Prince Harry admitted to taking psychedelics several times for fun and therapeutically, he said, psychedelics allowed him to escape and redefine reality and to see, quote, the truth. Okay, wow, Prince Harry. Just I'm telling you, you Hopefully know,
1: he had a few more defining moments uh, besides the I don't think he loo. really I
0: has. I think that's about as far as I went with that, dude. Okay, well, oh, there you go. And that's kind of the surface stuff, right? You first start interacting with these plant spirits, these medicines. For some people it takes a really long time to chisel away that ego consciousness to even get to the spiritual experiences. For some people, it doesn't happen. They're just looking in the bathroom like, wow, the trash can in the bathroom just turned into a happy guy. The end. And this could be the end of humans picking tomatoes. Okay. So this is from the times headline. Israeli startup develops first AI robot for picking tomatoes. This is happening. And here's the article. Growing up in a kibbutz and working in agriculture from a young age, Adi Nir, founder of Israeli startup MetoMotion, left the fields, as many others did, to make a living in the tech industry. The widespread global shortage of fruit and vegetable pickers is what brought him back to his roots to develop the world's first robot for picking tomatoes. Fewer and fewer people work in agriculture, which employs just 5% to 10% of the workforce in the European Union and Euro area, and 6% in OECD countries, according to World Bank data. In Israel, only 1% of all Israeli workers are employed in agriculture, the data shows. Realizing that the shortage of manpower in the farming workforce and the related costs were unsustainable and drawing from his tech experience in the aerospace industry Nier founded the yakni am based startup metamotion in 2017 to develop a robot that can do labor intensive fruit picking quickly and efficiently. Since then, MetaMotion has raised a total of $10 million from investors led by Israeli venture capital fund, the Trendlines Group, netherlands based greenhouse technology company Ritter, and another Dutch investor. Cool. So they're putting money into this. Look, eventually humans will not have to do that work anymore. Period. And... Eventually, humans won't be writing articles. They won't be doing anything. The AI is going to free us, but then we have to decide what the pursuit is after that. Where are we focusing our collective human energy? Because it can't be on consumption only. We all need to consume to survive in this material form, but you know what I mean. And here's news24.com, a little more about AI. Headline, UN says AI poses serious risk for human rights. Oh, really? Here's the article. The United Nations Rights Chief on Saturday warned that recent advances in artificial intelligence posed a grave threat to human rights and called for safeguards to prevent violations. This week, more than 60 nations, including the United States and China, called for regulating AI in defense to ensure it does not undermine international security, stability, and accountability. There have been increasing concerns over things such as AI-guided drones, slaughter bots that can kill with no human intervention, and the risk that artificial intelligence could escalate a military conflict. Quote, I'm deeply disturbed by the potential for harm of recent advances in artificial intelligence, UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Volker Turk said. Human agency, human dignity, and all human rights are at serious risk. This is an urgent call for both business and governments to develop quickly effective guardrails that are so urgently needed, he said. Artificial intelligence has entered our daily lives, revolutionizing internet searches, changing the way we monitor our health, and bringing up new innovations such as an app capable of generating all sorts of written content in seconds on a simple request. Critics have raised issues such as breaches of privacy and biased algorithms. And one more quote, we will follow this closely, provide our specific expertise and ensure that the human rights dimension remains central to how this goes forward. Turk said, wow, AI aliens. It is right around the corner. People, these articles that we're reading, it seems like, The reporters may not even be real. They're AI-generated articles. The chatbot that they were referring to, that open AI situation where you can just put in suggestions and it has a conversation with you, that's just the technology that the public is getting. So this whole reality in the sense of our media is now just filtered through AI consciousness could start at the humans. We're putting in the initial data, but then it goes through that filter. Here's another article. NPR.org headline. Sci-fi magazine stops submissions after flood of AI generated stories. Okay. This one's from ZD.net headline. Sci-Fi Magazine halts new submissions after a surge in AI-written stories. See? Article. Sci-Fi and fantasy magazine Clark's World has been forced to temporarily suspend taking new submissions after receiving a flood of AI-generated stories. Clark's World founder Neil Clark detailed the site's plight around detecting plagiarism and AI generated stories with issues starting around the beginning of the pandemic through 2020. He consistently detected less than 25, mostly computer assisted submissions each month. A small surge happened when open AI released chat GPT in late November. Plagiarized or AI-generated submissions rose to 50 a month in December and then doubled to over 100 in January and then more than tripled to over 350 by mid-February. Shortly after Clark's post announcing the suspension of new submissions, another surge happened, pushing detections to over 500 by February 20th. Announcing his decision, Clark said that detected spam submissions hit 38% in February. It's not only magazine publishers that have seen a rise in AI generated submissions. Reuters reported on Tuesday that there were over 200 AI generated ebooks in Amazon Kindle Store as of mid February, and these were only the ones that actually disclosed. Open AI's Chat GPT as an author or co-author. AI-generated material included fiction, self-help books, and children's illustrated books. Yes, we were just talking about that, Chat GPT. It's this thing. That's the technology they're letting out to the public through the web, and it's very basic, and anyone can use it. But just think of what they have behind the scenes, the people developing in this. It's a thousand times more powerful.
1: That's wild. Also, I was thinking about like high school and college professors trying to look through kids' papers now that are being fed through AI and uh, then getting graded. It's, it's, I don't know, it's a whole new era. Very interesting.
0: Yes, in so many ways. You're going to love this one. You got to look at this picture. Sciencealert.com. Headline. Incredible fairy robot sails on the breeze like a floating dandelion weighing in at just 1.2 milligrams, a new robot called fairy F A I R Y that's short for flying arrow robots based on light responsive materials assembly is the first flying bot we've seen based on soft materials that respond to light. The robot was inspired by dandelion seeds and ultimately it could be used in the same way. Its creators are hoping that it might be deployed to help mitigate the loss of pollinators such as bees that we're currently seeing in the wild light Can be used to get the fairy up into the air and to control the spread of its bristles. After that, the ultralight bot travels on the wind and could potentially be dispersed across large distances, just like the seeds that it's based on. The fairy can be powered and controlled by a light source such as a laser beam or LED. Says micro roboticist Hao Zhang from Tampiri University in Finland. It sounds like science fiction, but the proof of concept experiments included in our research show that the robot we have developed provides an important step towards realistic applications suitable for artificial pollination. <laughs> See, humans and inspiration. We can fix situations until we correct where we made mistakes. So we think about the pesticides that destroy our natural pollinators. We raise our vibration. We raise our consciousness. We realize we made a mistake. Our intuition and inspiration creates these robotic pollinators until we can nurture the return of our natural pollinators. Brian, what do you think about that? Pretty trippy, huh? <laughs>
1: I think you took a very, um, very super positive outlook on that. So I, I don't want to ruin your high vibes with, uh, what I think about it. But ah! whatever. <laughs> I kind of wish that, uh, maybe we didn't kill off all the bees in the first place and have well. to replace them with robots. That's kind of ridiculous, but,
0: we didn't kill all of them yet, and there's a chance that we can bring them back. In fact, I think many that'd be people, preferred. How
1: about we outlaw pesticides instead of yes. um, focusing on um, yes. making robot bees? That's well, what I think would be the first step, honestly. Of course.
0: But the point is that we have this way to compensate until we correct ourselves. We do the course correction.
1: We could also do it faster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So- <laughs> Next article is quantummagazine.org. We just have a few articles left, people. Headline, physicists use quantum mechanics to pull energy out of nothing. Zero-point energy. We were just talking about that. Article, for their latest magic trick, physicists have done the quantum equivalent of conjuring energy out of thin air. It's a feat that seems to fly in the face of physical law and common sense.
1: Didn't Nikola Tesla do that?
0: He did, I'm sure. Quote, you can't extract energy directly from the vacuum because there's nothing there to give, says William Unruh, a theoretical physicist at the University of British Columbia, describing the standard way of thinking. But 15 years ago, Masahiro Hata, a Theoretical physicist at Tohoku University in Japan proposed that perhaps the vacuum could, in fact, be coaxed into giving something up. At first, many researchers ignored this work, suspicious that pulling energy from the vacuum was implausible at best. Those who took a closer look, however, realized that he was suggesting a subtly different quantum stunt. The energy wasn't free and had to be unlocked using knowledge purchased with energy in a far-off location. From this perspective, Hato's procedure looked less like creation and more like teleportation of energy from one place to another. That was a real surprise said Unruh, who has collaborated with Hanta but has not been involved in energy teleportation research. It's a really neat result that he discovered. Okay. Now, in the past year, researchers have teleported energy across microscopic distances in two separate quantum devices, vindicating Hanta's theory. The research leaves little room for doubt that energy teleportation is a genuine quantum phenomenon. This test really does test it, says Seth Lloyd, a quantum physicist at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, who was not involved in the research. You are actually teleporting. You are extracting energy. So essentially, they're saying it's possible because on the microscopic level, it's happening. It doesn't matter the size, the function. Is happening so then they can eventually scale it up. Whoa, teleportation, right? Humanity, it's all coming. Okay. Now we just have a few more articles left. We always like to end on funny ones and uplifting ones after all the gruesomeness and high strangeness of this episode. But I like to talk about exoplanets on the beyond the news episodes because I like to constantly point out how there's infinite life out in infinite space. There's infinite earths. This is from space.com headline earth size. Exoplanet spotted just 72 light years away. Wait till we have a vehicle that goes 72 light years per hour, right? Or something like that. Here's the article. Look out everyone. There's a new exoplanet in town. An international team of researchers searching for transiting exoplanets has made its latest discovery an Earth sized body just 72 light years away from us. K2 415b, as the newly discovered world has been named, orbits the nearby red dwarf star K2 415. Researchers identified the exoplanet in the data of NASA's now-defunct Kepler Space Telescope, its secondary mission K2, and its successor, the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite. While K2415b is not the closest known exoplanet to Earth, it is on a cosmic scale one of our close neighbors— And it's a particularly intriguing exoplanet for astronomers to study. Ultimately, the more exoplanets we discover and the more we learn about their star systems, the higher the chance we'll find more potentially habitable exoplanets. K2415b is not in the habitable zone of its star. Or the distance from a star at which liquid water can exist on a world's surface. The exoplanet is extremely close to K2415, so close that it only takes about four Earth days to complete an orbit. But there is a possibility that there is another planet lurking in the system that sits inside the habitable zone. Ah. Interesting. So there's an earth-sized one. It's not like an earth, but they're hinting that it's next to one that actually could be. So much life out there, people. Endless, infinite life. It's more than you could possibly even process.
1: And it's all right here on earth.
0: There's more than you could process. But out there, my God, can't wait to see some of it in my lifetime. So here's some really, really good news, especially if you live through the 1980s and the HIV crisis and the AIDS crisis. This is what people dreamed about. This is what people assumed would be happening in the 2020s in the 1980s. ABCnews.go.com headline fifth person confirmed to be cured of HIV cured. Here's the article researchers are announcing that a 53 year old man in Germany has been cured of HIV referred to as the Dusseldorf patient to protect his privacy. Researchers said he is the fifth confirmed case of an HIV cure. Although the details of his successful treatment were first announced at a conference in 2019, researchers could not confirm he had been officially cured at that time. Today, researchers announced the Dusseldorf patient still has no detectable virus in his body, even after stopping his HIV medication four years ago. Wow. Quote, it's really cured and not just, you know, long-term remission, said Dr. Bjorn Elk Oljensen, who presented details of the case in a new publication in nature medicine. This obviously positive symbol makes hope, but there's a lot of work to do. Jensen said for most people, HIV is a lifelong infection and the virus is never fully eradicated. Thanks to modern medication. People with HIV can live long and healthy lives. And now they are releasing the cure. Interesting. Fifth person cured. The first person with HIV cured was Timothy Ray Brown. Researchers published his case as the Berlin patient in 2009. That was followed by the London patient published in 2019. Most recently, the City of Hope and New York patients were published in 2022. Wow. AIDS is cured, people. They're letting it out, the cure for AIDS. It's always been rumored in counterculture conspiracy theory circles that the cure for aids has always existed in fact aids was created in a lab there's a lot of evidence that points to that but now they're letting the cure out it's a game changer and here's another game changer as we close this episode we still have one more after this so this is informed.so headline game changer World's first cow dung powered tractor is here. And here's the article. A British company has created a pioneering tractor that could be a game changer in the green energy striving agricultural industry. The groundbreaking cow dung power 270 horsepower tractor is said to perform on par with counterparts driven by normal diesel engines, according to multiple media reports on Friday. Quote The T7 liquid methane fueled tractor is a genuine world first and another step towards decarbonizing the global agricultural industry and realizing a circular economy, said Chris Mann, co-founder of Benamin, a company that deals with methane energy products. Methane from cow dung, according to the company, can simply be used to make the fuel, enabling a more circular economic model. The carbon footprint of a farm is a significant detriment of its sustainability. Additionally, farmers continue to want strong tractors that can run continuously. Wow. So what does the exhaust smell like? I guess they're used to those smells, right? It's like just farm smell. You know, you go out to these farms and it just smells like animal droppings and they're like, that's just farm smell. You know, like, it's just like, okay, so I guess that's just farm smell. And one more great article, one more happy, cool thing to close out this episode of Beyond the News. It's been a wild ride. A lot of twists and turns. It took a couple dark turns. A lot of light. A lot of strangeness. And a lot of beyond. Beyond the News. Here we go. People.com. Headline. Maryland man wins $40,000 lottery prize after psychic told him his late father wanted him to play. And here's the article. A 55 year old man won $40,000 in the Maryland lottery and said he received a little help from his late father. The Washington County resident, who goes by the pseudonym Wesley Brunswick, won the prize on November 18th with a quick pick ticket he purchased for that evening's Mega Millions drawing, the Maryland lottery said in a news release. Wesley told the organization that he began playing Mega Millions and Powerball after a psychic told him that it was his late father's wish that he do so more than two years ago. My dad was an avid lottery player, the man said in a press release. But Wesley was an avid scratch-off player before meeting the psychic and even won fifty thousand in 2017. Initially, the psychic told Wesley that his father wanted him to play specific numbers that had signified important dates like birthdays per per the news release. However, Wesley was unsuccessful with the numbers his late father sent down. So when he purchased a ticket for the November 18th drawing, Wesley opted for random numbers and most of them hit. Ah, oh, thanks, dead dad. What a cool gift for his son. Now, I mean. And an accurate psychic. Or was it an inaccurate psychic that won the psychic lottery by choosing <laughs> something that actually didn't happen? Hey, that's also which possible. Which also then triggered that guy winning the lottery. Wow, I don't know. But Bryn, what did you think of this episode? India. It was kite, a roller coaster. Watch, kite your, battling. watch your kite strings, people. <laughs> kite battling. Children and babies dying to and kite slicing death. AI taking over the media. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird one. UFOs, aliens going mainstream. There's just so much that we covered this week. I'm really glad you're here with us. I'm really glad you joined us. Pretty amazing. What, what a world we live in. I, I, I it's hard to so this one next, next seventh episode uh, cycle. is going to be hard to top. You know, I kind of think of these as like beyond the news sandwiches where it's like, I, all of these episodes are in between these beyond the news episodes. So, I don't even know what, what, what's going to happen next. Seven <laughs> Let's weeks. See what we're I shooting know. down in seven
1: weeks. You know, what are we making concrete out of in seven weeks? I well, think, oh, there's many, many things.
0: I just want to remind people to always stay positive, stay loving and realize that everything's made out of love and there's a magnetism, a magnetic field that's pulling all of our energy upward towards expansion and fuller expression and higher and a higher experience.
1: And a higher realization of our spiritual nature.
0: Exactly. Yes, Fred, exactly. Yes. Keep so it
1: positive people.
0: That's just, you know, we talk about these things cause we cover this beyond the news. We cover all this stuff, but you always know if you listen to our other episodes, that we're always focused on love moving forward. And that is the truest experience for this dimension. Love moving forward, going higher, going farther, the new earth. So thank you everyone for joining us. Incredible episode. Definitely check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash midnight on earth. Bryn, her website is vitalforceherbs.com. Bryn, thank you for being here. I really appreciate
1: you. Absolutely. It's a
0: pleasure. Yeah. Well, we'll do it again next lecture episode or beyond. News. And everyone, I'll be seeing you guys next week, right? Love you guys. Thank you for your support. 160 countries. We'll see you next week. Midnight on earth.